Oh boy. <clears throat> Once you start locking everything down. Wow. Do you, do you unlock? Can I ask you a question? Yeah, you can ask me anything. Do you, do you, um, you can cut this out. Do you unlock your Mac with your watch? I do. Wow. But, but I don't wear my, <laughs> I don't wear my watch every day, but it's one of my favorite wow. features. And it, I, <laughs> it's actually one of the main motivators for me to wear my watch because I, I love that feature so much. I do. I trust it. It and and I find that it works amazingly. It works, you know, over eighty percent of the time, which is good. But uh, man, switching it was a good excuse to finally switch over from two step to two factor. Wow, that's a heck of a thing. I'd like. <laughs> I did it, and I got to tell you, I put it off for I, I a long time. I only did it uh, several weeks ago. Uh, there was like an update to. Uh, I forget if it was a Mac OS update or an iOS update where one of the features was, hey, you know, we came out with this unlock your Mac feature with your watch back in October or whatever, but we made it really fast now. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. I got to try it. I've been putting this off and I put it off because I didn't have the two factor. I had two step. Am I saying it right? Yeah, yeah. The two, the two step. I mean, I, I couldn't <laughs> tell you the spec on this, but the, the the if you're trying to if you're trying to determine which one you have running right now, well, it's probably two step. Right. And I think the easiest way to tell, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sure people will, uh, with two-step, you get an SMS message with a four-digit code. With two-factor, you get a, like a more official-looking like iOS pop-up right. and a six-digit code. Right. It, but and- switching over, switching over is cool. You want to not be having a holiday party when you switch <laughs> over to two-factor. <laughs> I I've been one night I got a I got a MacBook adorable and I thought okay I'll give this a spin, and so uh, I thought you know oh watching TV, watching TV set up two factor and I was trying to be that guy I'm trying to be like security guy so like I don't leave iCloud I don't tick the button to keep me logged in yeah. when I'm on a Mac with iCloud I don't know why it's just a dumb superstition but so if memory serves you got to go in you have to first you have to shut off. It, this is totally like Tom Cruise coming down on the line, like <laughs> you land right before you hit the floor. So you got to log in, and in my case, so I got a fact two factor in, right. two, two, I two, two step, step in. Yep. I two step in. Okay, not a problem. Have, have some drinks, set up two factor, no problem. So so far so good. I two two step in, and first you got to shut off two step. Like this, you know, it makes sense. First, you have to shut off two step, and then to turn on two factor. And there might be another two-step at that point to make sure you want to shut off two-step. But, but in any case, then you get to where you have to put in three security questions and optionally, I think, a phone number. And so I'm that guy, right? right. So like, I, I don't have the box ticked. Over here, I got one password. Oh, oh, by the way, and I was trying to do this on an iPad. So... Uh, initially. And so I, uh, and then eventually I moved to the, to the MacBook adorable, but point being, I'm, I'm not going to put in like the name of my high school. I'm not going to put in my favorite band or whatever. I have my own way of doing this by using a non-conventional answer to that, but I want to get it exactly right. So I type all of them into one password and then I'm copying and pasting them. I hate, I, I hate those security questions because oh, I I have a podcast and on a podcast I might occasionally I might tell a story about my first grade teacher. <laughs> like absolutely. <laughs> I know it's... that I've told stories about my my crazy dog Chester from growing up who used to 
who was like, My name is definitely John Gruber. My dog is Chester. He would reset everything. He was a great dog. I can't help but tell stories about him. But I mean, those, sure. those questions, I don't like those questions at all. I, there is, it, that stuff just seems awful. And because everybody I know who's actually been hacked has been hacked through, or I, I think so. I think this is true that everybody I know who's had any kind of problems with, uh, you know the the hijinks that these things are meant to 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 defend against was hacked through uh, what are they social called? engineering social engineering I was going to say social yeah. manipulation but uh, you yeah, know the, like, Matt, the Matt Honan problem yeah. right exactly somebody just calls up and says I'm John Gruber and oh yeah my first grade teacher was so and so and a dog was named Chester and and you know boom then they're in I had an additional they- problem with the switch from two step to two factor with iCloud where. Well, number t- <laughs> the whole thing is, is a mess, and I don't even know how I got into this situation, where I'm one of the people who've got two iCloud things, where I've got the one that I use, well, I two Apple IDs. One, yeah, me too. One one for my stuff and one for my media. Yeah. So when I buy stuff, it's with a it's it's with a different account, and when that's this- my old. I still have my old like I think Mac dot com or me dot com. Oh, and the worst uh, part is, is I even have a third Apple ID. Uh, <laughs> which isn't even an email address. It's just a name, which is from Apple right. Developer c- uh, Connection. It was like an ADC account that I set up in like 1998. <laughs> like back then, it wow. was like they didn't use email as like your identifier. They just let you pick a name. And so I've still got that. And and there's certain things that like if I go through ADC, they're like, uh, you need to you need to upgrade this account to an email address. But the problem is that the two email addresses that I most like to use with it are already Apple IDs, so I can't <sighs> use it. Anyway, but the problem, well, the problem I ran into was I turn off two-step, and it is weird. It is like, first step, turn off all the <laughs> security on your account. Right. Second step, go through this, and then go in, and like on iOS, you go to like settings, iCloud, click your name, and then there's like, turn on two-factor uh, authentication, except I would follow those steps and go there, and there was no button that said turn on two factor authentication. And then I would go on the Mac, and on the Mac, you go to the settings or system prefs, and there's the same type thing, and there's a button. And there was a button to turn on two factor authentication, and I would click that button, and it would spin not for a long time, but like for like, you know, like the, the six or seven seconds you would think that it would take for this to like phone home to Apple and and Apple would, you know, figure out how to do this. And then it would politely tell me that two factor authentication cannot be turned on for this account. <sighs> you know you know how it is though. You're having a holiday party. You want to you want to increase your security. Right. And I'm like a terrier. I'm like on the one hand I'm like I'm going to get this done. I can, I know I can do this. And then it becomes like a video game where I'm like and just just to to cut to the chase here. Uh, I'm not even going to tell you how many times I tried to do this. And each time, by the time I got the end to make it go, I was timed out on <laughs> on the website because I hadn't ticked the button. And then I'm like, okay, you know what? That's fine. We're going to do a speed run of this. Let's see if I can do this and finish it without having to tick that button because now I'm mad. And uh, I never I never could pull it off. And then, of course, I think, okay, you're getting your hands perilously close to the dragon's mouth at this point. Wait till tomorrow morning. Wait till the holiday party is over. Do this in the clear light of day. And I did tick the button, and it did work. And then, of course, everything's blown up on all the devices, letting me know that you know all these things are available in all these places. But I don't know. It's just it's another one of those things where, yeah, far from I guess security theater. I mean, this is such an important thing for all of us to be working on. 
but it is not super consumer friendly. Well, I th- and I think I, I think Apple deserves some praise for this because I think they're more or less doing the right thing. And I think now that I have it working, I, I do like the way that it works. And I like the new advanced like you said, like it looks like instead of just getting a text message or an iMessage or whatever it is with a code, you get like a real nice dialogue and it even has a map showing you where the the thing is trying to log on. Um, uh, So they're doing the right thing. I just think it shows how hard it is to move old systems along to the best practices, right? Because the Apple ID system dates back to... It, you know, like 19, I don't know, late 90s, when it was literally just a, a username and a password, and that was it. And your yeah, password. I, you know, I don't think I got one until um, whatever the original Mobile Me thing was, like where you got the cards and all that stuff. That's probably when I first got one. You had one. Syracuse had one of those uh, just a name things yeah, also. I, have, I still have it. Yeah. Still have wow. it. Wow. They didn't make you change it. Uh, not yet. I think that they might if I if I think if I were to say uh, if I were to release an app in the App Store under my own under that account, I think I would have to update. I'd have to update it to an email address. I think there's a there's a couple of things, and maybe even if I got like a WWDC ticket, I don't know if I got it. Something goes something goes wrong, and like it could be like an iTunes problem. Sometimes there'll be these weird. Uh, uh, sorry to go on about this, but like, you know, Syracuse and I have talked about this a lot on our program, those mystery meet pop-ups that you get periodically for like reauthorize with iCloud. And you're like, why yeah. reauthorize? Like what reauthorize? Like, what do you, what is this for? Like, if you got that from Google, you'd freak. If you were just using your computer and you got a pop-up message that said reauthorize to Google, you'd be like, what is this? But then, you know, then you get that thing where it's like, oh, now, you know, you're, you gotta go to the principal's office. Yeah. You gotta go to appleid.apple.com. You're going to sit on the bench. You're going to wait your turn. You're going to go use this. I have not used Apple ID.apple.com in a while, but every time I've used it, I feel I feel like I'm like indie trying to get the head of the idol, and I got the bag of sand. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to get out of here without getting speared. <laughs> Shouldn't that have been a much bigger ba- bag of sand? I've thought about it. Because gold, I don't know how I, I presume that the idol was hollow to some extent, that it was not a solid. Like a, chunk like of a modern gold. chocolate bunny. Yeah. I, I presume yeah. that the idol was like a modern chocolate bunny made of gold. But even so, gold is a very heavy substance. And I I feel like that what they chose to do was pick something that was cinematically roughly the same size. Sure. But I feel like, you know, I've always it's always bothered me a little bit. That See, I'm just going to guesstimate here, and I couldn't know without holding the idol in the bag, but I'm going to say three to six times heavier than that bag of sand. Yeah. I'm also, I'm loath to criticize the scene because it's, it, 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 famously, this is, Raiders of the Lost Ark is, is arguably my favorite movie of all time, depending on what day you ask me. Uh, without question, my most beloved movie of all time. And yeah. the movie I've, I, I know without question, it's the, the movie I've seen the most number of times. Um, and even saying that, and one of the reasons I love the movie is that I love every single scene in the movie. There's not a single clunker, arguably other than the one where Marion hits him with the mirror. Um, uh, I no, love it's that. Good. It's, it's, a, it's a classic, and I mean, my, my kid like will request to watch it. It's, it's still, it's, it's really well put together. Yeah, and, but that scene in particular is, is a standout among standouts. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Here's the reason I, I know. I think I've told this story before, but maybe not to you. The reason I know that I've seen Raiders of the Lost Ark more than any other movie 
uh, is that growing up, my friend JD, who lived right down the street from me, had a VCR. And this is before uh, very early years of, of VCR technology and, and home video. And you couldn't really even, it was like before video stores and stuff. It was like mostly VCRs were for taping shows and they didn't really, they, all the studios were just sort of dipping their toes into like, well, maybe we'll, maybe we'll let you watch movies on these tapes. Maybe, but certainly not the good ones. And somehow JD's dad got a copy of Raiders of the Lost Ark on VHS, like before there were like commercial versions of it. I mean, it was like, a, you know, one of the very early days of movies that fell off the back of a truck. And it was right. the one and only movie he, he had. <laughs> and we both loved it. And so every time it rained in the summer or like on a Saturday or Sunday, JD would call me up and he would just he would say, you want to watch Raiders? And I'd say, I'll be right there. And that's what it was. It wasn't like, do you want to watch a movie? Do you want to come over? He would just call up and say, do you want to watch Raiders? And I would say, sure. And we'd, I'd go down to his house and we would watch Raiders of the Lost Ark. And it never got old. The early days of falling off a truck to me were... Um, I want to say it would have been when I was in high school, probably around the time of Return of the Jedi, HBO would show mm. the first Star Wars movie. And so lots of people of my age and maybe a little bit younger, like they they kind of came up watching a VHS home recorded copy. That was the early fall of the truck. Now, the crazy thing is um, I was in military school for a year, 79 to 80, and we had a Betamax and the deal was, if we wanted movies, we would like pitch in. Like, if you had rich parents, they could donate it. But you pitch in because you could buy movies. Right. But the movies were about seventy to a hundred dollars. Yeah. Yep. We had a ba we had a Betamax copy of Mash. We had The Omen, which was totally inappropriate. But uh, yeah, and but it was a hundred bucks. If you want a copy of Mash, it was a hundred dollars. But I've heard, made, it, I, I heard on another podcast, I think, I want to say maybe the Flophouse, that th that was originally like they were basically building in the cost for the idea that video stores were going to be a thing. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, yeah, that you'd buy it and then like rent it a million times. But I don't, right. I, I don't know. That seems so ludicrous now. I remember the other Fallen Off a Truck movie I remember, and I was pretty excited about it, was, uh, it was probably his 10th birthday. My friend Joey had a sleepover. Joey's dad was a lawyer of, 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 arguably ill repute given some of the news coverage in the local town. Uh, a lawyer who knew people. Fake news. And uh, so, I don't know, 10 or 11, 10-year-olds uh, sleeping over at Joey's house. We got pizza. And Joey's dad said he had a real treat for us. And so Joey's dad says, there's a treat for you. It's, it might be good. Turns out, somehow, the guy got a copy of Empire Strikes Back. Oh, come on. I swear, it's like 1983, so it was like two years after it came out. It was probably, we'd all seen it in the theaters, because like, that was when they'd have like, next a year after it came out, they'd put it in theaters again. And it it was not letterboxed, but it was, it was squished. <laughs> so, like, oh. like, you got to see the whole and maybe not the whole frame cuz that was like super widescreen but you got to see more of the picture but everybody looked like IG88 and IG88 looked like a pencil <laughs> and like okay. like when the millennium falcon would like twist it would like when it be flying one way it would look fat and then it would like twist to go through asteroids and it would like turn into a piece of paper 
This still, like so similar thing still happens today. Like if you're in a hotel and you know they've got like those giant. I don't know why this happens. They've got giant, giant, giant TVs and like SD stations, and sometimes the settings are different from channel to channel. Yeah, and sometimes yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm sure Todd could tell us what the name for this is, but it gets real squished up yep. from some kind of mystery meat aspect ratio. Yeah. So, oh my God, so but still. He got a copy oh. of this movie on VHS. And, and it was like once, it, at first, we were all, we were super excited. Then everybody was like, what the heck? Why is everything squished? And then we kind of figured out what was going on. And I was kind of super happy about it because, surprise, surprise, even as a 10 year old, I was, a, you know, a, a bit of a nerd about, hey, this, you know, pan and scan sucks. I, I was kind of once, <laughs> once, once I got like five. I was so glad to learn the name for that because I, I would, don't think I knew it back then. I but I, I would watch everything. You remember the James Bond movies? One right. of the James Bond movies would be on. You'd be like, "Whoa, that's that's weird." Like you never see that kind of weird thing in a movie. But yeah, to, the James Bond movies were so full of those. Yeah. So anyway, I was really excited. That's that's and it was a very fond memory. So thank you, Joey's dad, wherever you are. <sighs> nice memories. All right, let me take a break. I gotta feed. I gotta fit some of these. Uh, uh, what do they call them? Sponsors in. It's been a hmm. while since I've had an episode. I don't know. There's one thing that it's a long story, and I'm not going to tell. It's boring, but yeah, I got to I got to thank some of these sponsors, and I love them all. I love them to death. Here's the first one: Eero. Mm-hmm. Eero is a modern system of Wi-Fi routers. The single mo- router model, it it's nonsense. It we've moved past it. This is that's that's 1999 technology where you buy a box, stick it next to your cable modem in whatever room that is and then hope that the signal goes through all the walls and floors of your house. No. The right way to do it, the modern way to do it is to set up a mesh network. You buy buy the Eero, you get like three or four of these little pucks. They're each the size of a, a Apple TV. They're all the same. You just pick one, whichever one, the first one you take out of the box is the one you hook up to the cable modem, and that's like the master one. And then you hook up these other ones throughout the house, and they have a helpful app that tells you to, you know, the best strategy for where to place them. Um, I think they even recommend, they have like a square footage. They recommend one for every thousand square feet. They have a beautiful app. You put it on your iPhone, and the app lets you set everything up. You just tap, 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 and then all of a sudden you've got a new Wi-Fi network in your house that is A, faster than whatever you've already got if you've got a couple of years old router, and B, will give you a signal that's the same all through your house. So like if you've got like a master bedroom two floors up that gets a poor signal, that's not a problem anymore. It works great. I don't know anybody who's got one of these who doesn't think it's an upgrade over whatever it is they replaced it with. Is it perfect? No, nothing's perfect. But they've got great customer service. The app is great. And they keep releasing updates that keep making it better. It's really, really great. This is a great company. Um, Here, it's currently rated 4.4 stars on Amazon with a whopping 750 reviews. They offer a one-year warranty. And it will work with your existing modem and internet service. You're just replacing the router. That's it. Um, so what do you, can you get? You get a for three hundred ninety nine dollars. You get a three pack. That's a hundred dollars off. And for two ninety nine, you get a two pack. That's fifty dollars off. So go to eero.com and use the code the talk show, the talk show, and you'll get free expedited shipping. You, if you order, if you listen, I don't know when this show is going to pop out of the, the, the internet tubes, but but you could get one by the end of the week. So go ahead. Mm. If you need a new you know Air, something, John, airport, I'm going to say something about Eero. I'll, t- I'll tell you about Eero. These guys are not jackals. 
They're not jackals. This is the real deal. You gonna you put this in your house. First of all, like you say, you pick any one of them. You can mix them up. You can play shell game. You start with one of these. It tells you, oh, do, do, do the other one. Do the other one. Now do the other one. And you know what? Parts of your house that you thought just couldn't get the internet, you get the internet. As like my friend Mike Hurley says, imagine that just suddenly at certain points during the day, part of your house just didn't get electric. Like that's what it feels like right. nowadays. And this thing, it works a treat. And the, the app is just terrific. Not jackals. It, yeah, really good stuff. I just love, I always hated the way with the other ones, the old ones. Uh, it was one of the reasons I liked the Apple one. Remember when Apple used to make stuff like this? Um, I remember you buy, that. Like, other That's brands. right, they used to be Apple, yeah. Uh, you, but the other ones, you used to like type in on a web browser, like a magic uh, uh, localhost uh, web address, and you'd get like the jankiest on. 192.168.1.1 or .1.100. You go in there and you get into your Linksys, admin, admin. <laughs> I used to have a list in NV Alt of every default password. So, so no matter where I was, there was a pretty good chance I could get onto somebody's Wi-Fi. <laughs> uh, I was I don't want to save it for the end. I, I want to get this out of the way because it's important. It's really it's it's why I got you on the horn to see if you could come on the show because I do feel I feel that the technology press in general. But even in our circle, where, you know, like I'd say in general, people say that the, the tech industry, a lot of people mean like a, what, like a, a 30 mile circle, you know, around San Francisco and, and yeah, the, consumer the devices and your services and your Facebooks right. and the things you use to turn on your internet lights, right? But there's all sorts of other technology and it's advancing at, at quick paces and the technology media doesn't cover it. And, mm -mm. and here's a bit of it that I, that I encountered this weekend. I was watching some of the college basketball. On, on the TV. And I saw a 15-second commercial from American Standard. Are you familiar with this company? I am now, yeah. American Standard is a, a maker of uh, toilets and uh, urinals. And they have You probably peed on, your, uh, peed on their logo, like when you go to a ball game. Yeah. They yeah. have a new technology called Vormax. It's anti-splatter flush technology. Now, I'm going to put this... I'm going to put this in the show notes. I swear to God, I know it's a running joke that I, I often say I'm going to put something in the show notes. This one's going in, and I'm going to put it at the top of the list of links, even if it's not the first thing we talked about. So what I recommend for everybody listening is pause the show. Hit pause in your little podcast app. Go to the show notes and hit the first thing. It'll be very clearly labeled American Standard Vormax Anti-Splatter Flush Technology. And watch <laughs> this commercial. It's it's 15 seconds, so it's you know you'll be back here before you know it. <laughs> I didn't I didn't I didn't realize it's clean. I, you know, sh shame on <laughs> it's clean. Shame on me. I did not know what a problem this was until I watched this. Splatter. <sighs> I saw this commercial, and the first thing I thought was, "What the hell did I just see?" And then the second thing I thought was I gotta get I gotta show this to Merlin. <laughs> I've uh, I've been reviewing their videos. They have they have a couple like funny videos like this one that are very funny, and they have some that are really straight that are actually very upsetting. Um, I, I really can't recommend because here's the thing, John. What a lot of people don't understand is there's a problem with splatter. <laughs> So I guess the problem with splatter is that your standard American low flow toilet is not doing a good enough job of, of uh, sluicing daddy's splatter away in a way it's, that's acceptable to mom. It's, 
it's taken away it's taking away the the bulk the bulk the bulk <laughs> yeah right mm, it it, sh- it shuts the bulk but misses the splatter it's taken away the bulk it's taken away the yellow right how, how many times has this happened to you right with the splatter <sighs> Yeah, no, no. I mean, I'm saying it's like an infomercial. Now, in some of the other ones, they illustrate how effectively splatter is removed. In one case, I think they like show you how to flush ping pong balls down your toilet. But there's one I really do not recommend watching where they simulate splatter in a toilet with what I'm hoping is fudge. Oh, no. There's matter. There's matter in there. You got, you got, you got, it's like an artist palette. It's oh, brown? sure. You, you got, it's like a, somebody put three dollars of Nutella. It's like a flight of Nutella across the back. And then at the bottom, you got some kind of straw matter. I'm not sure what it is. But boy, it just cleans it right out. The splatter just sluices right away. All right. In the commercial that I'm talking about, I feel that every single aspect of this commercial is worth analyzing. So number one, it's... Oh, it's start, very well done. So it, tight. It starts with a hubbo splattering ketchup on his, on his polo shirt. Now he seems he seems a bit of a doddering fool. I, I'm re- you're talking maybe, about like it's a it's a retiree enjoying an outdoor meal together, and he's going to put some ketchup on his wiener. I feel he gives it a good shake. I feel it's one of these. I feel it's one of these couples though, where where Hubbo is is in decline, and Wifey is sharp, still sharp as a tack, and she's oh, God, starting yes. to get a little a lot of a little sick of Hubbo's shit. Literally, oh, no, yeah. Yeah, no. So, oh, cool. no. Oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, things are declining. Yeah. Oh, God, yes. Maybe you should cut down on the hot dogs. So here's how I read it. I read this story as as <laughs> Hubbo is in decline, and he's, mm-hmm. he's splattering all over the toilet. And the wife is so sick of, of this mess that she's taken it into her own, own hands. She's done a Marco, and she's done a deep dive on toilets. <laughs> This is her headphones. Right. This is her headphones. And she's she is now completely up to speed on modern flushing technology and has replaced the toilet and at least in, you know, maybe all of them probably. They look well off, so she could maybe just, you know, come in and just get all well, the they toilets. They can afford a toilet on their patio, so. Right. <laughs> right. We haven't even gotten to that yet. <laughs> like let's put one out here just in case he can't make it inside. What's you know, the, what's the second charge for two hundred and fifty nine dollars? <laughs> <laughs> She's had it with splatter, right. and she addresses the audience. All right. It's illustrated with with the blue material, a pleasant blue mm-hmm. material, which rings a bell from uh, some feminine hygiene product commercials I've seen, seen over the years. <laughs> Oh right! It always absorbs blue. Right, That's there's a good point. blue is the universal seems to be the universal color for what are otherwise considered unpleasant bodily emissions. Nothing we emit is blue. Blue does seem to be a nice color, and so if you want to illustrate uh, the absorbency of, say, uh, 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 a tampon or a, a feminine napkin. Uh, or uh, <laughs> splatter on a toilet. You use you use blue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now Sorry, I'm just the, scrubbing a little bit here. They have a toilet on yeah. their deck. <laughs> yeah, just just sitting there. It bothers me a little that it's at a tilted angle. It's not quite squared up, aligned with the decks of the uh, the planks. Of yeah, the that deck. would that would drive that would drive cable crazy. Yeah, that it's, yeah, that misalignment. Like who installed that? Why? What's the deal? Yeah, 
get a nice toilet like this, you know, I think you, you want to invest in a, in, a, in a proper. Yeah, I mean, this is it's it's hard. This is a little bit uh, like a, like a Marquez commercial. I think it's a little bit magically real. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm like, not. I realize that I do realize. All all joking aside, I realize sure. that we're not meant to assume that they that this is depicting a couple who literally put a open air toilet on their deck. Yeah, I, I realize that they're taking shortcuts for the sake of brevity, uh, in that style that was sort of uh, uh, maybe epitomized by. Uh, um, I forget. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about, but, you know, a sort of absurdist style of, yes, of commercial. Yes, yes. Um, well, even you go back to the days of the Tidy Bowl Man. Remember yeah. Tidy Bowl Man? Remember the oh, little guy, yeah. little Commodore in your toilet? Yeah, he'd, yeah, he swam around in there. He lived in there. He looked, he looked pretty happy in there. Yeah, even though <laughs> even though when there was weather, <laughs> it was not good. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> What's the forecast, Captain? <laughs> <laughs> Splatter. Splatter. Mm. All right. I think the commercial is notable even without the capper. Yeah. But the capper. Mm. It's really, <laughs> I, I swear I almost had a stroke when the woman's head popped out of the toilet. The woman's head pops out of the toilet and she says, it's clean. She announces, it's clean. All right. And this is a leitmotif. Now, if you watch the one called Clinger. Did you see Klinger? No, I did not see Klinger. Oh, click over there on the right. Go to go to American Standard Vormax Toilet. Go to Klinger. All Take right. a minute and enjoy that one. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yep. <clears throat> and there's a third one called Skid Marks. <laughs> Were you aware of how insufficient the flushing technology is in your the toilets in your house? Well, when we get to the analysis phase of this, I have I do have a lot of thoughts on this. But uh, I no, I have to be honest with you. Barring let's say the bathroom at a cinema or a sports event, I do not encounter these problems as much. And we've got a pretty low flow old school uh, toilet dingus. Maybe we're just lucky. You know, maybe it's the probiotics. I don't know. Something's working for us. Pound sign blessed. We, we, uh, but there's so much to it. Cause like, you know, uh, part of it is also, it implies not only that this guy causes splatter, but he doesn't notice it and doesn't like give a second, you know, backup flush. The old guy. Yeah, yeah, no, right, uh, Hubbo. Yeah. If, if I if I went in and let's be honest, we all ruin a bathroom sometimes. It happens. It's part of being an adult. If I went in there and really shamed, if I shamed the bathroom, I would want to do a little bit of cleanup. Maybe light a match. You shoot a little bit of a little bit, bit of Glade. Right. But I would most definitely do do a, a, a visual inspection of the bowl. Right. For for a skid mark or a splatter or if you like a clinger. Give the toilet a chance to catch its breath, refill the bowl. Right. And Give it a second chance. Yeah, like a full flush, though. You know what I mean? Like, if you don't wait, mm -hmm. if you don't wait, you kind of get like a, you get a wimpy flush. You know what I mean? It's, you got to catch your breath. It's like, the flush is like a hundred yard dash. If you want it to yeah. run another hundred yard dash, you got to give it a chance to catch its breath. If you tell, go. This, and, is, a ch this is a chance for you to, you could wash your hands. You could look right. at your phone. Oh, you, you could go through somebody's medicine cabinet. I, I would, you could. You definitely should be washing your hands. <laughs> right. <laughs> Especially if you're, is this too gross, John? No. Because I, I, I mean, this is obviously this is a real problem. This is, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. I I don't know. I my guess is that they started with here. Here's a complaint I do here is you know the whole low flow problem. 
of like the modern house, you get a low flow shower that's not satisfying. You get a toilet that requires like six flushes. Uh, people get frustrated about that. What's interesting about this though is like also if you watch their, <laughs> if one were the sort of person to watch many videos from this company about how their toilets are made, <clears throat> if you were that sort of person, you would say they're really also playing up how easy it is to clean. They've done something revolutionary with the outer rim so you don't get uh, germs and uh, matter on the outside. Yeah. You know, I, I think one thing though, I think that when middle-class white people are, are upgrading. I think the kitchens, the kitchens are one. People put a lot of money into their kitchens. And I think people really like putting money into their bathroom. Yeah. Don't you think? Oh, I do too. I, I think it's, it's, it's a very modern way of, uh, upgrading your house. I mean, when, when you and I were kids, I mean, your bathroom was, uh, I mean, not that they were saying, you know, it, it was simply, is it clean or is it not clean? And that meant it yeah. was a nice bathroom or not a nice bathroom. And that was it. But like, it just, it was like, everybody had the same sink. It was just, <laughs> it's just a white rectangle. Yeah. My, my grandparents second, their half bath, uh, had a wooden toilet seat. I'll never forget. Harrowing. <laughs> and the only real, the only real option was whether you got the, uh, uh, you got two, two faucets, hot and a cold. Or if you had right. the one and you kind of, you know, t- steered around like a joystick to adjust the temperature. And that was it. You didn't have any other choices. It all came out of the same spigot. And now it's, you know, people are, yeah, people are getting uh, deluxe toilets, European style toilets. Oh, and you get, you get a Toto on there? Yeah. That, that's a popular, that's a popular thing. I don't, I'm not familiar. What is, what is that? Oh, Toto, it's a, it's like an aftermarket bidet oh, you put on there. I see. And it's, it squirts, uh, squirts hot water onto your uh, downstairs. Yeah. Well, that sounds that <clears throat> better sounds... than it sounds. Ah, first, you scoff, and then pretty soon you're ready to give it a ring. It's quite a it's quite a thing. Yeah. Well, Kot- Kotke's been on this for years. I it must be it might even be ten years ago where Kotke, you know, broke the barrier of let's let's talk about this stuff. Would you yeah. you know, would you clean? Let's just say like, uh, well, there, here's a fine example from the earlier commercial. Let's say uh, that a member of your family ate a hot dog with ketchup. On a on a yeah. plate, would you wash that plate with a dry paper towel? Yeah, give it a, give it a quick swipe and then just put it back in the cabinet. Just a dry paper towel and then put that in the cabinet. John, other other countries think that we are monstrous. <laughs> well, <laughs> they think that they well, you know what? We'll save it. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> <laughs> might have been the canary in the coal mine. Actually, mm-hmm. now that you think about it, <laughs> they might have been I onto sent, something. I sent you to this page on the Vormax toilet technology site. Well, they got trademarks on everything. Uh, yeah, so you, you you checked out the uh, the various different models. They got white label versions of this toilet. You can yeah. buy it at different places. They got the Heritage. They got the Astute, the Esteem, and the Optum, they, and the Ultima. They seem to all be the same toilet. They look exactly the same and there's, to me. But there's a different name for the one at Lowe's and a different name for the one at Home Depot. See, it's like buying mattresses. It's exactly right? like buying mattresses. Yeah, the Esteem. Mm. Exclusively at Lowe's. You know what? I'll bet somebody's going to come along and disrupt the toilet industry, and I'll be I'll be selling toilets on this podcast within a year. I think you might be onto something. You think about you think about the disruptions in industry. You could have silver underpants. You could get uh, you get yourself an internet mattress. Right. Uh, there's so many of these new kinds of services. You could get like a box full of socks. Internet eyeglasses. Internet eyeglasses, huge. But there's still a, still a big a big hole, if you like, <laughs> waiting waiting to be filled with internet toilets. 
So what would that be? Now, what are you going to be? Now, first of all, it's got to be affordable. It's got to come in an impossibly small box, mm-hmm. engineered in America. Uh, it'll it'll be in the toilet arrives. You can carry it up the stairs by yourself. <laughs> you, 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 you slit open the package and it goes, and, and the toilet comes to life. It's probably Wi-Fi enabled. It's got push notifications, if you know what I mean. Do you know what? And the Wi-Fi, you probably get it on the Wi-Fi first. And it, it, it hmm, I was going to suggest. He'll get, it, he'll get it up to your Eero. Yeah. I was going to suggest that it have a camera, but that's not right. I'm, here's how I think it would, because you don't want a camera on the toilet. I'm going to say well, it comes with an app that you put on your phone and then it can use your phone camera and you just point it at your old toilet and it, it, it'll do like a, okay, here's the water hookup and whatever. And then it'll, oh, right. it'll just install itself. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's not going to happen because people, people are interested in technology. There are things in my home right now that are unnecessarily complex, technical, technological products. I could never have imagined, uh, Owning, like existing, let alone owning, 10 years ago. Yeah. You know? You know, and a lot of things start out as jokes, and everybody thinks it's a joke, and then it becomes, yeah. you know, it becomes a real thing. You know, like some of the gags in the Back to the Future when they went into the future, you know, and now, yeah. you, know, you, you know, you've got these things, you know, like the hoverboards and, and whatnot. You, we laugh about it, but you wait and see, yeah. you wait and see if these internet toilets, if they won't let you take one right out on the deck. <laughs> Have little wheels on it. Yeah. <laughs> and you can just lock it'll detect when you sit down and then it'll lock the wheels so you're not sliding around while you're while you're doing your business. You think you'd have to slide to unlock? Because <laughs> you don't want everybody just using your patio toilet. Right. Right? Yeah. I mean save something for me. Yeah. It's funny, like we we'd mentioned, you know, for example, we might want to talk about voice stuff. That that voice stuff to me is just one example of many things where like it it, it is funny where we are right now with voice, and I have to admit I'm a little bit obsessed with voice stuff and, and what it portends for the future. Uh for worse or mostly better, in my opinion. But it is very interesting to to live at this time where you can kind of have your feet in these these two different sides of the creek. Where on the one hand, it is incredible what you can do with your voice, but it is also incredible how terrible it is so much of the time. We are really, we are living through a very interesting transition. Now, something like Wi-Fi. I was just thinking about this the other day. Like, I'm trying to remember when I first had exposure to Wi-Fi. And I think, I remember it becoming a big year, a big deal around the time I first went to the E-Tech, the Emerging Technology Conference, which yeah. would make that probably 2002. And there was the NoCat guys, and it was such a big deal. And I had, like, I think an Orinoco card for my Wall Street laptop you know stuck out of the side <laughs> to get the impossibly slow and and that seemed like it seemed like a parlor trick like why don't you just why don't you just plug in ethernet john right like why don't you just plug in ethernet for this thing it's like well no no there's this new thing and it's like you can get your internet through the air and my first experience with that had been on a palm 7 i think would be my first like really like kind of connected device i think Remember the Palm 7? It was huge and it had that big-ass antenna. Yeah, I was about to up. say, is that the one with the big antenna, like a cigar a cigar yeah, diameter yeah. antenna coming out the side or the top? And it was, if memory serves, it was very costly, very slow, very limited. It was essentially like, you know, WAP-style functionality. But it was on your, but it was on your Palm Pilot. I will, you know? So it seemed amazing. It was a breakthrough, though, because uh, laptops in general were a premium computing device. They were far more expensive than the equivalent Horsepower. It was a rich. Desktop. It was a rich man's device. It was a rich man's sure. device. But really, all it was effectively was a way to move your computing. And and it, the big advantage to it was that the, the cloud was nowhere back then. We didn't even have clouds. Uh, 
Mm-mm. We don't have cloud. So <laughs> if you wanted your stuff in two different places, like work and home or, you know, work and a road trip, you needed to take the device with you. But you would just move from one, like, workstation setup desk to another where you already had things like an Ethernet jack ready to go. Like, you couldn't yeah, work I, anywhere. I remember using apps. You, it was a big deal when you first got these, like, fairly – they were nerdy, but they it was like basically a GUI <clears throat> to, like, rsync, yeah. where you could, like, put them on the same network and say, okay, these two folders, make sure they match. Right. Like, that's pretty much the extent of it. But the idea that you could just, uh, you know – move from the kitchen counter to the kitchen table and no longer be within arm's length of the wall where the ethernet port is was ludicrous unless you were going to do something like just you know whatever you do with the computer when it's not connected to an internet that seems so strange now right yeah yeah um I think the voice stuff, it is, it's, it's, it's early days, but early days in a far less technical way than the computers, the text-based computers of our youth. But there's an analogy there, right? And obviously the technology that's involved to just have the, the most rudimentary yo dingus, what's the weather and, and have a thing that within however many seconds it is to recognize the speech and turn it into a command and then go out and get weather data for the location that you're at is obviously it would have taken like a TI 99 a like it would, if it, let's say you had a perfectly working program that could do that for that program. It would still be running right now. <laughs> like 37 right. years later is still <laughs> not quite done yet. Uh, <laughs> so there's a, a, a total difference in, in terms of the, the, just like just pure bits per second of computation that's involved to get it. But there's some similarities in the crudeness of, uh, 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 of, of how these things work in a way that like in a command line environment, you you've got to know the exact right command to delete a file, right? If you're on DOS, you have to type Dell. Wasn't it Dell for delete Dell space file name. And on Unix, it was RM. You couldn't just type trash this file, you know? Right. 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 And it's the same way with voice. You've got to know these, you know, you got to say it this way. Yeah, there way. are, there are, especially the thing is what you, um, it's such a common theme that comes up again and again are, are these trade offs. They were just talking about this on ATP, like they always do. But, you know, the, the kind of trade offs where, for example, if you want your AirPods to do more stuff, well, be careful what you ask for because they are, they're very streamlined right now. They're good at this thing that they do mostly. Yeah, I mean, I wish, like, the Siri on AirPods is, pretty slow yeah lame. it's too slow like i yeah it's too so, i slow. mean and <clears throat> i guess we'll talk more about this but i i've been really just to you know one thing i've been doing is uh and i mentioned this on other programs but i've been making myself from friday evening through as much as possible of saturday i've been trying to set myself to using voice for everything that i can in lieu of other things and if i can't yeah go use the computer or whatever but like try to be mindful for about a one day a week of trying to figure out more stuff that I can and possibly should do with voice. And it has been very illuminating. I mean, not least of which you learn how much stuff is really not ready yet, but there's a surprising amount of stuff. And I mean, the, the MacGuffin here is that, you know, by making yourself do this and being mindful about it just for this period of time, you know, you remember to try stuff more. And if you try it and it doesn't work, you might say, well, then what's the incantation? Right. So like with, you know, as far as these trade-offs, so just to get that out of the way, that's one reason I'm so obsessed. But with Alexa, 
<laughs> oh god, sorry. With the lady in a tube, uh, <laughs> uh, I get an email every Friday from Amazon. It's like, well, here's this new stuff that it does, and it's you know frequently it's stuff like, hey, ask about cricket or whatever. Yeah. But then other times, it, there is really legitimately uh, pretty amazing stuff to to enable a lot of that. You got to get into skills, and once you get into skills, now you're getting more into what you're describing as being like the command line, because you go from just being able to issue a raw command to basically hailing right. a skill inside, and then knowing what the mojo is inside of there. But honestly, it's not it's not that that difficult. Right. Uh, this morning. I see via uh, friend Joe Steele, I see uh, now you can, if you have Prime Now available in your area, you can order Prime Now over your lady in a tube. So like, I just, I talked to my tube this morning. I said, hey, tube, we order cat litter. It said, okay, here's this recent thing in your order for cat litter. Is that the one you want? Yeah. Okay, that's not enough money. Do you want to add anything else to it? Yeah, sure, add that. So I don't know. I I I, I guess I just feel like in order... In order to, to like sort of, I hate to say keep up, but to really have some kind of a foothold in where stuff is going, you know, I, I can understand why people are reluctant to use this stuff for so, so many reasons. But I really kind of feel like if you want to be somewhat forward-looking and modern about what's happening, you really can't afford to totally overlook this and write it off as silly Buck Rogers stuff. And it's getting better at a, at a noticeable clip. And it's it still is terrible, but <laughs> yeah, right. But when something in computing is terrible, but you can see it getting better if you just pay attention month to month, you know it's going to get good soon. And if you're you're going to miss out on all the, the it's all the interesting stuff is going to happen between now and then. Like once it's good and everybody takes it for granted, it's no longer interesting. Right. Everything seems impossible or dumb until it's something you're using every day, and you go, well, of course, that's that's always been how we how it is. Right. Did you notice last night? I think were you on that thread last night where somebody mentioned that suddenly out of nowhere was it Michael? Yeah, I think it was Michael, somebody, Heil, our friend of the show, Michael Heilman. Well, and he points something out that like is definitely like a known problem that has suddenly been fixed. Other people are like, no, it's always been this way. But in my house, <laughs> you guys, in my house, if you say "Hey Dingus," boop, boop, like like five different things light up. Right. And if, so if I say, hey, dingus, so here, here's, here's the thing that I say most to a dingus all the time. Hey, dingus, remind me to take out the pasta in eight minutes. Mm. Boop, boop, boop. And suddenly, you know, there's all these Scottish ladies talking all at the same time, like trying to remind me about pasta. Apparently, they just pulled an Amazon Echo and they seem to be using what proximity? Because I tested I, I, it last night. And it it works in a way like it's not doing firing multiple devices anymore. Right. It fires multiple devices because you see a blank on the screen. But only but one one says I got it and handles it. That's and you exactly don't get right. So now devices. finally my stupid watch is like slightly usable because right. I'll be two rooms away from any other iOS device screaming into my watch to please hear me. It never hears me. And in the other room, you know, you're like the weather in San Francisco is like ah. But that's that kind of advancement. I mean, that sounds subtle, sounds dumb, but like. That kind of stuff, you're right. It's happening faster. Dictation continues to be getting so much better. Yeah. I used to never send texts that way. I mean, once you learn the incantation of, hey, dingus, and tell John Gruber, kiss my ass. Like, once you learn the incantation of how to do that, it really does kind of just work. I don't understand how this is working, though. Like, here's one. Uh, Chase Gallagher ch- jumped into the Twitter thread and said it's not just iCloud connected. His work phone and personal phone are not linked in any way and only one will trigger. I don't understand how, how that's working. I, I, I guess, like I should try it with 
I haven't experimented with this because this is like you said, it is something that Apple obviously improved. But yeah, it's got it has to have been. I'm going to say on the outside within the last two weeks. I'm feeling like within the last few days, this right. is very new. Like I should put like like me and my wife's iPhones right next to each other and see how this works and how it decides which one to use. It's fascinating. Do you have multiple? Do you have multiple Amazon dinguses? No, just one Amazon dingus. Well, we are. I have to admit, a multiple dingus house, and, and Amazon's had this for hmm, I don't know a month or more, and it really it it works unevenly, but well. Yeah. Meaning, like if I'm in earshot of three different uh, ladies in a tube, I can see the ring, the blue ring fires off. You know, that's that cool thing where you can see where it thinks the voice is coming from. It's so yes. cool. So that thing fires off. You know, I can Jonas, tell Jonas three... pointed that out to me. And then once uh... I only figured this out like two months ago no. <laughs> that it's saying, here's where I think the voice is. It's pointing at you. Yeah. But I, I could see two or three different dinguses fire off. It's kind of uneven which one ends up doing the execution, but it, it doesn't. It will not execute um, more than one at a time. But I don't know. This is something, again, they talked about this on ATP recently, and I was totally in Syracuse's corner of saying, like, it's hard to describe this until you really do start using it. It's very, very abstract until you kind of set yourself to the task of doing this. You become less self-conscious about it. You try more things. You do more stuff. And so far, I'm forever just walking around adding things to like a shopping list to yeah. where now I feel like a monster having to sit down and type that. It feels really silly. And I use IFTTT to sync up um, my Amazon lists with my reminders. So do you do that? No. It's pretty cool. You just go to IFTTT and you basically say, when a, new, uh, um, when a new item is added to my Amazon shopping list, add that to this reminders list. And, and when a new thing, you mean like the iOS reminders app or no? The Apple reminders the app. Apple yeah, reminders exactly. App, right. Yeah. That's actually pretty powerful. So that, and then if you're a super nerd, you know, you don't have to be like Federico Vitici level nerd, but you can also do stuff like then say, like you can hook that up with, um, for example, OmniFocus. Right. So when you add something to that list, the next time you open OmniFocus, it, it sucks it out of that list or, you know, Todoist or whatever yeah. you like to use. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, just, I think it's, I have this, I, I have this theory about this that, I have yet to prove, and I haven't given it that much thought, but somebody written into Back to Work to ask us about, like, oh, God, is this the future? Is the future going to be, like, people in my office talking into Excel? And I was like, eh, you know, I, I kind of don't think it is, because I kind of feel like there's these parts to the voice thing that you don't get if all you see is somebody being a dingus and talking yeah. into the air. The voice is one part. The voice, yeah, that's the parlor trick. But it's what's behind the voice, right? It's that... Um, I don't know what you want to call it, the functionality, the scripting, in some cases the AI or machine learning, whatever it is, but that middle layer of what it does with what it heard, if it heard it well, what it does with that, that's maybe the important part. Yeah. And then the third part is the ubiquity. So, I mean, I, I have this idea that I'm kind of bubbling around, which is that I wonder if voice ends up historically being the least important part of that stack. Voice voice is the parlor trick that's fun to use, but I think that you the idea of that kind of ubiquitous availability for st do you follow where i'm going with this like i, I don't think you're going to have to talk into excel i think that there's going to be more and more bespoke remote devices that do your bidding without you needing to know how to do rm r all right hold that thought hold that thought because i want to keep going with this but i want to i, I got to break in here i told you about buying eyeglasses online well look oh come on it's our, really it is it's our friend warby parker they make buying eyeglasses online easy and risk-free they believe glasses should be viewed as a fashion accessory just like uh, a bag shoe necktie hat i mean how many pairs of shoes do you have do you have one pair of shoes 
Why in the world would you only have one pair of glasses? Well, the reason some people would, because they cost hundreds of dollars. Well, guess what? Warby Parker's glasses start at just $95, including the prescription lenses. They don't give you a crazy upsell on anti-glare and anti-scratch. They give you the anti-glare and the anti-scratch by default, because who doesn't want them? No upsell on that crap. And for every pair of glasses you buy, they send a pair to someone in need around the world, people who've got, who need eyeglasses, but they're, they're, you know, can't afford them. Warby Parker takes care of them. Uh, it's a free try at home program. You go to their website. They've got, uh, I don't know, at least a hundred pairs of glasses, probably more, tons of them, any style you can imagine. Uh, you will pick up to five that you like. They send them to you for free with like dummy lenses in them. And you can like put them on, see what they look like on your face uh, no obligation to buy. You haven't given them any money yet. It ships for free. They give you the label to send it back. If you like one or more of the ones, you just say, okay, here, I like this one. I like this one. You give them your prescription info. They've got like a little trick to measure like the distance between your eyes. You, you hold like a standard credit card up in front of a webcam or something like that. And they can measure. And cause you know, you, you, there's little tricks like that to get the glasses to be just right. Cause they got to know how far apart your pupils are. They do it right there with a the camera. You don't go to a store. You don't waste any time on stuff like that. Totally free to try these things at home. You pick the ones you like, and they they start at just ninety five bucks, and then they show up in like a couple of days. It's a great system. They've got sunglasses. You can get prescription sunglasses. They come with polarized lenses, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. UV protection. Uh, and remember, every single pair that you buy includes a pair of glasses that they distribute to people in need. Go to warbyparker.com slash the talk show. Warbyparker.com slash the talk show. And they'll know you came from the show. Great stuff. I think the sunglasses are a good gateway drug. <clears throat> like if you're not ready to like let go of your artisanal small batch glasses that you bought, your tiny little Helvetica glasses, like start with the sunglasses. Yeah. Because you if you need glasses, you could really benefit from prescription sunglasses. You know, these guys have gotten it's into retail now too. There's a they have a, a retail shop here that just opened here in Philly a couple of weeks ago, right down the street from like the Apple store, like you know, like the premium uh, retail wow. district. I think maybe arguably literally within a stone's throw of the Apple store, there's a, there's a Warby Parker you can go into. I have, I've walked you think by. They'd, uh, you think they'd ever get into toilets? They send you four or five toilets to your house. You try them out. You send back the ones you don't want. You they might. Do that? They might. That yeah. might be why they got the retail space. You know what I mean? So you can, you know, go in there and have a seat. <laughs> try it out for yourself. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, like people used to, people used to go to the Apple store to check their email, right? Yeah. <laughs> maybe you go in yeah. there to, you know, test out the merchandise. Yeah. Here's my theory on the voice. Uh, Computers have conquered tasks that the interfaces that have been available have been acceptable to uh, uh, useful for. So we did spreadsheets and word processing first because at at the very earliest years of computing, the only thing we really had were literally we only had text based displays and we had keyboards, and those are two things that that with nothing but a text based display and a keyboard, they were actually way better than what came before it. Right, like you could do things like you put all these numbers into your spreadsheet and get an answer for what your budget would be, and then you know somebody says, "Well, what if instead of ten percent growth, we only have five percent growth? What happens?" All of a sudden, you say so. You start with an electronic; right. it's an electronic analog for something in the physical world, right. but with this added functionality. Right. It, what computers have always been good at is it, 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 when they take off is doing things that 
that used to be mundane and making them saving us tons of time. And you have that, you know, even a relatively simple spreadsheet in pre-spreadsheet days, if somebody said, let's say what happens if we only have 5% growth instead of 10% growth, but that number percolates down to 20 different things beneath it, it takes two seconds in a spreadsheet to make that change. And it would take a couple of minutes of math, error-prone hand arithmetic, you know, previously. Word processing. Word processing let people who were writing documents make changes without bringing white out and making a mess of the paper and significant changes like moving paragraphs around or deleting entire chunks without retyping. <laughs> like I would probably, I, I think there's a good chance that if I had been born 50 years earlier, I still would have been a writer of some sort, <laughs> but I, I would have been an angry writer. Cause I, I think I always would be angry at the rewriting. I, in high school, I used to have to do it. I had a typewriter in high school. I didn't have a computer. So I, we had a, there was a, there was a, one of the history teachers in my college was infamous for always, she's very, very tough reader, very tough critic, tough teacher. And she would invariably send back people's papers everybody's got their paper sent back and it had, you had to make changes on it and she would, you know, mark it up and, and you'd have to retype any page that had more than three corrections on it. You would have to re redo the page. Right. So you got to retype that page. And if that was a big correction, guess what? You're retyping at least two pages. Yeah, Because it would overflow, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's a radical change. If you really think about it, I know that there's youngsters out there who've never had to do this and you think, Oh, that sounds bad, but it, it was, it was in mm. practice, it was worse. <laughs> It was worse than you're imagining because it really yeah. just felt like busy work. And that's what computers have been good at. But I, I feel like for things like Excel, we don't, there's no need for voice for that. We are, you know, the existing input methods are better. I think the voice stuff, oh, to- to- totally agree. The voice yeah. stuff is entirely for stuff where voice is a better, a better interface than, than keyboard, you know, typing or something like that. Well, my response to that, Listener, I, I did one of those uh, turns out Malcolm Gladwell things because I was like, well, first of all, you know, I don't think I don't think that is the best way to interact. But the bigger question now that I got my futurist hat on, the bigger question is how many of us will have jobs where we use Excel in twenty years? Right. Like that. That's you know, if you're really thinking about this stuff, not that I'm any scholar on this, but that's let's think bigger than where we are now. We've got to quit thinking about things as slight iterations on what we're willing to admit has changed about what we understand, <laughs> and start looking instead at like what is the trend line for this. And, and, you know, where does that end up amidst all these other kinds of things? Yeah. But so, so how much do you use voice day to day now? I use it frequently, but I use it for the same handful of things over and over and over and over again. Are you a dictator? Uh, I do. I do dictate. Uh, so if that, I think that should count. So I, mm-hmm. I oh, yeah. definitely dictate uh, uh, like iMessages. I absolutely do. Because it's it's I I can dictate faster than I can type, and it's accurate. If you're typing more than a sentence, if you're typing more than two sentences, just put a clock on yeah. it. It'll blow your mind. Even accounting for the time to fix small errors, it's so much faster than typing. Yeah, and for the most part, the people who I'm texting, it's a you know again a handful of people. It's either uh, my wife, my son, or a close personal friend. And if it makes a uh, homonym error, I often will just let it slide because I think it's funny. You know, if you know, if I say it's, I don't know that the 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 produce selection is a real horror show, um, and it comes up, <laughs> it comes out with horror or or a Horace show. <laughs> I was <laughs> or something like well, that. Uh, I'll let the, it go. the truth is, like on my iPad, um, I've got the the small iPad Pro, and uh, the truth is. Dictation on there, especially on Wi-Fi, 
uh, for certain kinds of things like, you know, paragraph link things. I, you know, I would, I would challenge people to actually try this because here's the thing for me, if I'm laying in bed, like an animal typing with my thumbs, I will very frequently be doing stuff like hitting the comma and breaking this word in half for some dumb reason, or I meant to hit, I meant to hit a, and I hit capital. Like there's these same three or four typing mistakes I make constantly on devices and you don't get that. Instead you get funny, uh, funny homonyms, but so dictation, do you do a lot of like little tasks? Do you do reminders? Do you do setting meetings and stuff like that? No, not for calendar, but I don't have a lot of meetings, but I'll do reminders. Yeah, I'll say, yeah. you know, add such and such to my shopping list. I feel like on, uh, with, uh, iOS voice functionality, <laughs> the, um, trying to avoid triggering things. Right. Um, that, I think that's the gateway drug is the, is like, um, Hey Dingus, uh, remind me to bring up the laundry when I arrive at the house in two hours. Right. Cause there's a lot to that. I mean, you do get a reminder. It's on your reminder list. That's good by itself. It'll go off in two hours, no matter what. But like, if you're in the geofenced area earlier, it goes off as well. I don't know how many people know that. And it's really as simple as saying that thing. If you want to get started with your iPhone in particular, I think that's a, that's a pretty good place to start. Yeah. Not great for controlling music on AirPods. I've got to say, but a good way to, you know, Get you started with well, I, I think it would be if the latency were were solved. It's it's too much of a there's too much of a pause between when you double tap the AirPod and when the the, the assistant kicks in. It's it, yeah. My fantasy for the AirPods is it gets something like a. I know this is impossible at this point, but that on one side there's something like I know this sounds crazy, but there's something like a um, impossibly small touchpad that's you know like the size of you know half a centimeter right. but something that you could press on that you could tap or push and it has a little bit of slide ability so you could like for example i know that's nuts but it'd be pretty cool if you could hit that dingus you tap it twice you get siri you hit it once for example and if you slide backwards or forwards it would be volume like something like that would be dynamite but probably out of scope at that price yeah i love my airpods i really do i rave about it. I, it's my favorite new apple thing in a long time it's my I, favorite I like new... them so much more than I expected. I do too. I expected to like them, but I actually love them. And but I fully acknowledge that part and parcel of using them is the fact that there are certain things that the old ten dollar wired. Well, I know Apple sold them for twenty nine dollars, but you know the old the old <laughs> right. included in the box wired ones were way better at, <laughs> way better. Like like uh, double clicking to to go yeah. to the next track. Uh, and pl- but it's a it's a little bit like we're back to the truck and the car in some yeah. ways though where or yeah. for that matter voice we're like this will not make sense until you use it and when you use it you will have no problem dithering about when other headphones are a better choice yeah it's not I mean you're not you know for what just the wireless thing is dynamite right. if I'm just gonna do dishes and just want to like have a little break and do dishes and listen to a podcast. Because, I mean, what's going to happen? I mean, the worst I have to do, I reach down, I grab my pocket, and I hit the volume on my pocket yeah. to bring it up or down. But, you know, if you're going to be traveling for a long time, well, you know, also, turns out, they do, if you include the time of the battery pack, little uh, Tic Tac holder, like, you get pretty good battery out of these things. Hmm. It's yeah. it's going to be fine. There's I, not that many occasions I've when never you run listen out. to these for five hours. I have never yeah, run No, me neither. And when it, I don't think I've ever gotten below 80%. I, I don't know what I've gotten. I've gotten close or not not even close but i've gotten to the point where i get like a warning or something or i don't know i somehow notice and i just absent-mindedly put the airpods case on in a lightning cable and it's fixed i don't know the battery life is amazing on them and i have to say i had the the 299 beats ones um uh, 
uh, forget what they were called, but they're the ones with the little, you know, under the chin cable. And I liked them enough that they were my main headphones for, I don't know, eight, nine months or something like that. But they were, I was constantly running out of battery life on them surprise, at, at surprising really? moments. Yeah. Like, that case, that case is brilliant. Like I hate, and I love your tip. Your little YouTube video, I, I use your tip all the time for getting them out. Yeah, it's the way to do it. You should tell people. It's a really good tip. I should. I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> you, sure you will. <laughs> right after you plug in your Ethernet. Yeah, right after I plug it in. Let me take another break here and thank, what did I say I was going to put in the show notes? My video. Oh, yeah, your, uh, your Stanley Kubrick uh, earbud video. Video. AirPod video. All right, there it is in the show notes. Uh, I want to take a break though. I got to thank another great sponsor. I have their product. I own it. I, they, I, I think they sent it to me. I don't think I, I don't think I paid for it. I don't even remember. But I would buy it. And in fact, I'm going to buy more. It is a fantastic product. I adore it. It is a suitcase from a company called Away. Yeah. I've got the overhead one. Uh, yeah. It's, it's simply a great suitcase it is it is made with premium german polycarbonate it looks like you could throw it off the top of a building and it would be fine uh it has four wheels the wheels are almost too good there's a there's a terminal in the philadelphia airport where to get to the the gates that i always have to go to for whatever reason every time i fly my gate at every airport i go to in north america is always at the end of the terminal i never ever ever get one of those gates but at near the hub, always at the end, and at the at Philly Terminal C, there's is a downhill slope. Uh, like once you get past like Gate C twenty, and it's it's downhill. The, the the wheels are so good on the away suitcase that it like the thing wants to run away from you. Uh, it's got four three sixty degree spinner wheels. They are super smooth. Great wheels. A TSA approved combination lock built onto the top to prevent theft. Is that great? Are these TSA? You know, I know it's the best you can do, though. It's better than nothing, right? It's you know, it's it's, it's nice that it's built, it's built in, and it's, I've got one of these, and I love it. It's built in, so you don't have to do that thing that I always do, which is, oh, great, I've got a lock, and I lost the key, yeah. so now all of my luggage has a lock on it that I can't use. Exactly, and then you know, you just put your combination in your your one password or or whatever you use, and uh, you know, you won't you won't forget it. Um, but here's the kicker. The kicker is that they build in all that, all that by itself. By itself, you got yourself. A it's great a great suitcase, suitcase right and the Full prices stop. and the prices are great. Right there, the prices are great. Uh, yeah. But here's the thing: they built into the top of the case like a really I forget how many mega amps, but a big battery. And there's two USB ports. One of them is the uh, like the five five watt like for a phone and the other one is uh like a 15 watt or something like that for like ipads or whatever or anything that can charge faster and so all you need then to charge your phone when you're at the airport you don't have to go around hunting for uh a a seat at the airport near a socket because guess what you know they're already taken they're taken there's because there's like one most north american airports have two wall sockets in the entire airport yep so you just make you know charge your suitcase charge your suitcase. Uh, yeah, when you get back, you get back to your room. So you run off your suitcase. Right. You get back to your room, and we go to sleep at night. You charge your suitcase like a gentleman. But it has so much power that like you could charge your suitcase before you go on your trip. Charge your phone at the airport. Go somewhere on the way back. Plug the USB in again, and it still has a charge to charge up your phone while you're sitting there waiting for your flight. I, t- I test. I tested it and gave up after three charges of an iPhone. It's it, it's just it, yeah. No, I mean it's it's got right. at least it. I would say very safely at least two. I don't want to oversell this because right. I don't have the spec in front of me, but you you will definitely be able to charge up your stuff on the yeah. road. 
It's it's a big ass or battery. like it's two really of you nice. could like you and a, a friend or a spouse or a child whatever exactly I like having portable battery chargers when I travel but like I like there's like a balancing act with a real portable charger where you want one that's like small enough that like you put it in your pocket it doesn't look like you've got a Costanza wallet but on the other hand the ones that are kind of <laughs> slim don't really they give you like an extra like fifty percent on your battery a suitcase even a small overhead suitcase. Uh, plenty of space for a battery that will charge your stuff. It is a brilliant idea. It, it is really great. And the prices are super great. They have great prices because they sell direct. So here's where you go. Go to awaytravel.com, awaytravel.com slash talk show. No the, just talk show. And remember that promo code talk show when you check out. And guess what? You'll save an extra 20 bucks off your first order. 20 bucks right in your pocket for a great suitcase with great stuff inside. It's it's well-organized, super rugged, great wheels, but the battery charger is the, ki- is the killer feature. My thanks to Away Travel. Good product. Yeah. Here's the thing. I keep saying this. If you have a voice assistant and you hired somebody, you hired you, you know a real live person, yeah. kid right out of college, to, to just follow you around and do stuff for you, and you could say things like, you know, let's say that the kid's name is Dingus. You'd say, hey, Dingus, what's the score of the North Carolina game? And then Dingus would, you know, look it up on a phone or whatever and then tell you the score of the game. Uh, well, that's already slower than, you know, the computers are better at that sort of stuff than having a person. But the flip side is that the computers will make errors that no human being, even if you hired like a, a drunk no no human assistant would ever make some of the boneheaded errors that uh, that the computer assistants make. So for example, I have I have two contacts named Amy. One of them is my wife and I text her probably more than every other person in the world combined. And then there's a PR person who works at a technology company who I've had contact with maybe five times in years. And sometimes when I say, hey, Dingus, text Amy, uh, blah, 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 it usually it just knows to send it to my wife. Uh, but every once in a while, it'll say, which Amy? And <laughs> But you really don't want to get that wrong. No, you don't. You don't want to get it wrong. Uh, but – and so I understand being careful, and I'd rather have the – But like why – but it's just your point partly being like, right. why is it not – why hasn't that figured this out yet? Well, it's not why hasn't it. I understand that it's a hard problem to figure out. My point, though, is more that the bar is set at the common sense of a human being. And that's okay, right? It's we need to judge these things by the bar, that bar of common sense. That if I took, if I had a human assistant and said, tell Amy I'm going to be late and I'll let her know soon how how late I'll be. There's 0% chance that that assistant isn't going to know exactly who I'm talking about. That's a good point. Like a worst assistant I could hire, someone who I'm like, hey, hey, dingus, tell yourself you're fired it just, on it Friday. It just randomly picks the first Amy. Knowing knowing right. that your wife is named Amy, it just randomly picks the first but Amy it, it finds in the Rolodex. Even an assistant who I'm so upset with their performance that I'm about, to, I'm looking to replace them or you know let them go, is going to get that right. Right. Uh, um, this is not your point is very well taken just for what it's worth practically to be well actually guy uh, two ways I get around that um, are by naming relationships mm. and by so you could say hey dingus uh, Amy Jane Gruber is my wife 
I had just, as you know. Dingus knows that. And I so, I can yeah. say text my wife that, but it never comes out naturally. Like I feel like part of the interaction I know, I know, I know. Part of the interaction with these things is that it you I think that they work best or feel like they work best. Like maybe the stopwatch would tell you there's no difference, but the cognitive load is so much less if you don't really have to think about it in a formal, how do I officially want to do this? If I just say what's on the top of my head, it always comes out as Amy. It never comes out as my wife. Right. But it, 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 the frustrating part, I mean, I would never call her I, my wife in a normal I, no I, wife. I, yeah. Yeah, it's not like Borat. Right. But you're like, but it's almost 80% of the way there in that it can do that. The part that is frustrating to me, and yeah, I know it's a hard problem. It is frustrating to me, though, that, like, for example, um, it, when it first mishears you, sometimes it will say, like, okay, I didn't understand that name. Could you pronounce that for me? And it, like, wow, that's really interesting. You suddenly get really smart sometimes, and now you want to learn how something is pronounced. That's really cool. But then in other times, like if you have exactly two people with the name Amy in there, it is amazing how much of the time it'll say, which Amy do you want to send it to? Like, and it seems to me like by the fifth or 40th time that has happened, it kind of seems like it should figure out that like, well, it's always this one Amy. Yeah. You know? Um. What about, okay, let me ask you, okay, I don't want to drag on. I know we've got to do a shorty today. But, like, do you notice differences in how your kid uses it? Because, like, something I've learned from other, from people with kids, our kids are, mm, your kid's older than mine. Mine's nine. Yours is 13? Yep. Whew, God. Ugh. Syracuse's got kids that are actually, I think, nine and 13. Yeah. Um, di- dictation. This is just what my kid does. She's real good at the iPad. She's real good at finding stuff on Google. She's, you know, really... Yeah, she's just great on the iPad, but she would prefer to do everything with dictation. She tries to do corrections to what she mistyped with dictation. And like Syracuse and me, we're, I'm, I'm, we talk about this, it drives you bananas. You want to tear it out of your hands, just go type like a person with your thumbs. <laughs> but like, I think that's very telling that yeah. kids really get the voice thing in a way that it feels exotic and slow to us. Well, it makes sense to them. Yeah. Uh, does, 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 does your kid do that? Uh, not so much with the iPhone, as far as I can tell. He's mostly a mm-hmm. tapper with the iPhone, but doesn't really, his text messages are incredibly short, often a single emoji, usually just a word or two. Um, <laughs> but where he really takes to voice is with the Apple TV. He, he, he had a sleepover, uh, he had a friend sleepover Saturday night. And they, I mean, they must've spent 90 minutes just laughing hysterically, telling Apple TV to play uh, I don't goofy songs that I've never heard of, but you know, but they did everything by voice. It was all just hitting the mic button and asking Apple TV to and Apple Music, whatever, to play a, a bunch of goofy songs that I, I wasn't familiar with. But it was like ninety minutes of uproarious laughter all through the mic button on Apple TV. We had, a, I think, I might mention this last time, but we had a sleepover with seven girls, seven third grade girls. I don't know what we were thinking, and the, I mean. <laughs> Seven, seven, and uh, oh boy, you want you want to learn a little bit about politics? Have seven third grade girls sleep at your house because at first everybody's in a room and then everybody's in different rooms and there's crying and there's reconciliations and it's like one big sad game of diplomacy. Everybody's writing orders in the hallways, and um, but boy, the the uh, Amazon's uh, Echo were a big fun feature, yeah. and I learned stuff from some of the kids. Like I guess I didn't know the thing about how you can tell it. You know, <laughs> that's the real fourth the graders of San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> right 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 oh god yes yeah yeah they're like just one cosmo short of a fist fight 
<laughs> so you but learned was, stuff no, about but, the uh, the election. Oh, I did. I I, like, I guess I knew, but forgot the thing about telling it. You know, what's the song? That goes, my mind is clear now, at last, all too well I can see. Yeah. Like, and it'll go, oh, and then it'll play like, uh, you know, Jesus Christ Superstar or whatever. Yeah. That's, that's great. But, you know, th- there, I guess all I'm trying to get at, I, I don't mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to be like, you know, Kevin Kelly or something here. I'm not as smart as Kevin Kelly, but I am just saying, like, look to what these people are doing. They're not weird and dumb. Like, they're figuring this out. And we might be the weird ones at this point. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. But then there's still so many holes I mean, and like to your point. So I have to admit, it's such early days. That, it's not even holes. It's such early days. It's, it, the it, challenge. Um, Good. I, I would just say it's not holes. I think it's more like we're still in a canyon and we've built a few plateaus. It's mostly hole. I think. Yeah, somebody I remember first in the early days in the '80s describing Windows as being like this system where like you'd be in this in this beautiful office building on the 13th floor of this beautiful office building. Only sometimes you'd open a door and fall down a mine shaft to the, to the ground floor because <laughs> right. you, you just get dropped into DOS out of nowhere. Sometimes right. you're like, whoa, 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 what happened? Where'd the computer go? And you know, I think that's that's still the case here. Right. So I do this um, I do this other show called Do by Friday where we give each other a challenge every week. And I the challenge I gave my co-host this week was to try what I'm doing, which is try doing this voice thing. And we'll see how that goes. But I've also, the side challenge in this was to start keeping track of the stuff that drives you bananas about using your voice. So if you're ready to lock your keys inside the car, inside of another car, inside of another car, my first thing I did was say, I said something along the lines of, hey, dingus, dingus, uh, make a new note called bitch. Because I, I thought, because then what do I want to be able to do? I want to say, hey, dingus, add this effing thing doesn't work to my bitch note. <laughs> and of course, what happens? Siri goes, oh, Merlin, your language is so saucy. I'm like, no, <laughs> dingus. So I had to go in and manually create a note called bitch because it refused to do anything with it because it thought I was being a, a saucy boy. <laughs> but, you know, and of course, that's the first thing on the list now is that, uh, you know, that Siri chides me sometimes for how I choose to name things. But yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, it's, it is early days, but didn't mean to monopolize your show with voice stuff. No. It's just, it, I do feel like it's pretty easy to write. Once you get to the age that people like we are, it becomes very easy to just write off huge swaths of stuff by going like, it's that whole like, you know, Douglas Adams thing of like, you know, stuff that was created before you were 30 is dependable. Stuff creating your 30s is like, yes. you know, cool. And anything after that is dangerous. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the guy. And I always thought this, like, I don't want to be the guy who is now mid forties and has really strong opinions about the way computers are, which I am. And who dismisses the new things like the, the guys who dismissed the Macintosh when it came. Like I specifically it's a remember. Toy. It's a toy for, it's a toy for rich boys. And I remember very specifically a, reading a, a, John C. Dvorak column from like 1985 or 86 or something like that, where his his argument against the Macintosh and why it was doomed to failure was that real uh, people doing real work want to <laughs> kick back in their chairs and put their feet on their desk and put their keyboard on their lap, and therefore they can't use the mouse. <laughs> And that that's, get one of those hats that with a card that says press. Yeah, in it. and that's exactly how he was banging out the column that I was reading was with his feet on his desk in the Ziff Davis offices in San Francisco. And how in the world am I ever going to use a mouse? You know, this thing is doomed. I don't want to be that guy with voice. I really don't. Even though I'm frustrated with it in a lot of ways, and I see a lot of problems with it, and I see people using it for things where I'm like, oh my god, you could totally do that better 
the old way, but I totally see that it's the new thing that's coming. Yeah. I know we got to go soon. I got to squeeze in. I got to squeeze in another message from a friend though. And it's, it's. Yeah, please, by all means. We're, we're talking about something you like. Well, it's Fracture. Fracture is the you front of the company. You guys know Fracture. <laughs> Let me tell you something though. I'm recording this on March 21. 21. It's probably going to come out on Wednesday, March 22. Fracture, you send them your photos. You take your photos, you send them to Fracture. They print them right on glass. No frame. It's just a piece of glass. We're on the back of the glass. They print the photo directly on it. It comes with everything you need to prop it up on a shelf or to hang it on a wall. It comes with everything you need. The quality is amazing. We've got a ton of them in the house. We love them. People will notice it because there's no frame around it. It really looks cool. It's just edge to edge. But here's what I'm telling you about the date. Uh, this March, number one, if you get, get this message now through the end of March, you can save 20% on fracture prints with the promo code CLEAN. What they're suggesting, it's a promotion where they want you to clean out your digital camera roll. Go through like their last year of photos and find the keepers. Find like the 10 best photos from your last year. Clean them out. Get them printed and do something with them. Get them off the little phone screen. Hang them on the walls. So through the end of March, you can save 20% with that code CLEAN, C-L-E-A-N. They have a 60-day happiness guarantee. They print them. They're handmade right in Gainesville, Florida from U.S. source materials in a carbon-neutral factory. But here's the other thing. Get get Mother's Day gifts now. Do it now. Order them now. You'll even save 20% with that code clean. But do it now in March. Do it. Just pick a couple photos of something that'll make your wife or your mom or grandmother, whoever you've got for Mother's Day. They'll love it. There's nothing you can buy them that will make them happier than photos of their family. But do it now, because if you wait until close, you will never get it. The fracture, because they're handmade in fracture, you'll never, ever get it at the last minute. It's not a last-minute gift. Do it now. Put it somewhere. And then when you think, like, oh, crap, it's Mother's Day, you've got nothing left to do except go buy a card and some flowers or whatever, the type of stuff you can do at the last minute, but you've got a killer gift right there ready to go. Trust me. I got a, I got a, work, I got a workflow for you. If you've been sharing these like we do, if you share them with your family via iCloud, <clears throat> go in and look at the ones that they've, like, favorited oh, or star or cheap. whatever. What a cheat. If somebody yeah. – yeah, it's terrific cheat. You find out, oh, my God, she's grown so much. Bingo. Right there. Boom. Upload. Click. Pop fracture. It's that easy. This is what, this is what, and, and their, their site is a joy to use. It's so easy to use. Come Mother's Day, you're gonna you're gonna be thinking about John and Merlin, and you're gonna think John and Merlin did yeah. me right. Do it. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? I you know people probably think that we've got two or three hours left on the show, but we don't. We're done. Normally I mean, we do. We had to jam this one in because you're yeah. you got you know what I could do. What I <laughs> I'm in a tight spot. We'll do a two parter. I'm in a tight spot recording wise. I've got to squeeze in these shows on the rare days when there aren't contractors upstairs banging banging holes in the walls that oh, the Jimmy. house we're about to move out of. So anyway, it's 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 a long sad story and it makes it hard to do a podcast. But uh, well, I, uh, I we probably can't <clears throat> do our follow up we'd like to do from our November episode. No, it's too much. It's too deep. Too deep. But I I don't want to bust a gut. But I would just like to say sincerely. Thank you to everybody who responded to that episode. That is maybe the most response I have ever gotten. It's without question any, for me. I mean, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm not. I'm talking about like you include the talk where I cried. You, you include that that thing I wrote on the on the thing. Like I, we got so much heartfelt. 
kind responses from people on a day that was very difficult for both of us and for a lot of people. I just want to say thank, thank you for the opportunity to yeah. do it, honestly, and thank you to everybody who continues to send nice notes about that. <laughs> I still remember that it was moment. A really nice well, how thing. many minutes in? How many minutes into that episode? Well, if for anybody who's not familiar, the day after the election was it? The day after the morning. The, the morning, morning after, after the election. The election uh, which Merlin and I both took pretty hard. Uh, we, rec- we recorded an episode of the show about it, but without <clears throat> trying, the purpose was to just sort of talk our way through this and talk anybody else who was upset through this in a way that was, you can't quite say apolitical, but uh, a- nonpartisan. Not strictly partisan. Not strictly yeah. partisan. <laughs> and at, at, at some point, a few minutes into the show, you said, wait, is this, is this a holiday party? It 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 wasn't all, you weren't aware at first. That I wasn't I, aware. It reminded me of the holiday party episode that you did with right. Dan a long right. time ago, where you told the story of losing your driver's license. Right. And uh, I could tell you were having a holiday party. I was having a holiday party. Was that a continuation of the previous night's holiday yeah, party? I, or I, yeah, start- I, I I took it. I took the election very hard the night. Uh, I yes. mean, obviously, I was uh, I was I was sober enough at one point to to make arrangements with you to record do a show the next day, but <laughs> I, I really tried to drink away that election. And then there were, you know, it was one of the, you know, maybe enough to drink where I woke up and there was still a, a significant uh, portion of the fuel coursing through my veins. I tried and, to scoop up everybody, but you know, sometimes you're going to miss some people. And I, you know, I might've thought to myself, you know, if anytime it's, uh, there's a Wednesday where you can have an eye opener, maybe this is the Wednesday. Yeah. That's your day. Yeah, that is day. But it did, and I, I, you were right. And all joking aside, we got a tremendous amount of of wonderful, heartfelt feedback immediately, and it it, it lasted though. That like into January, and e- even it still pops up every once in a while now, where people will say, you know, I've I've listened to that episode six times, and I've never done that with a podcast before, and it's like that's crazy that you. So, many, to- so many people who said like I couldn't listen to it for a month. Right, because they were they were so they were having their own dark month of the soul, title. right? And they and then they were like, I listened to it, and it you know doesn't make you feel better, but it makes you feel a little different. Yeah, and you know, maybe a little different. And and it, a lot of people said like, did made me feel like I wasn't alone. I'm not crazy. Yeah. So anyway, this is but luckily all that's settled now. Everything's uh, <laughs> running like a top. Yeah. It's like a, it's like really like a well oiled machine. <laughs> Every 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 day. Okay, so one of the worst things I've done in the last few months is um, my, one of my friends I do that show with, Max Temkin. He uh, he has this list of people, this political U.S. political people and reporters, and I started following. Much to my peril, I started following this fucking list, and it's just unraveled my entire life because I spend so much time like, going flippa, 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 in tweetbot looking at this thing. Is this, and, a, this like, is a Twitter and, list, like, in other words? Yeah, if you go to yeah. Max Temkin, okay. uh, at Max Temkin, and look at his list, you'll see his yeah. U.S. politics list. And it's actually, it's a good way to, like, that's how I've learned about, like, uh, Molly Haberman and oh, Simon yeah. Malloy and all these people that I really follow. Like, Simon Malloy is funny. He's very funny. So, anyway, but it seems like <laughs> pretty much every Monday and a lot of most other days, someone announces, this is it. He's <laughs> not going to get away from this one. This is it. <laughs> This is the worst day that the Republican candidate has had. There's no, this is, there's piss. No way done. Donezo. This is it. And then you come back the next day and you go, you know what? Today, he had the worst day. (sighs) 
Release the Kraken. When do we get to see the piss video? That's what I want to know. Hey. In a lot of ways, you have to laugh. It, it's hard because you know. there are some uh, <laughs> there are some real world consequences, you know, to to uh, oh my goodness, environmental policy to to on, on, on Hilla Merkel, her face, oh. like you're not really you're not going to shake my hand, dude. You understand? <laughs> like I'm the, we're the last liberal democracy left in Europe. There there were a couple of moments. I didn't watch the whole thing, but there were two moments. There was the the <sighs> the. Do you want to shake hands? And he's just looking at his feet. And then there was the moment where they were standing at the podiums side by side. That was in the 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 the, the, the handshake that didn't happen was in the Oval Office. And right. Then they had the, they had the press conference at the at the dueling uh, podiums, and and Trump when it was asked about his question about wiretapping, yeah, his spurious claim that Obama had wiretapped him <laughs> turned to her and made a joke and said, "Maybe we've got something in common there," referring to. One of the most difficult moments of the entire Obama administration, when it, when it, I think it was a Snowden yeah. leak, right? That, that, uh, you know, that we've been, you know, but and not she that, did, she snapped her neck on a double take right. that you could not fake. <laughs> Right, like she was, it, it, she was like, guh, guh, guh. right, not because she <laughs> wasn't aware really of it, just because say that? it's so something that was not supposed to be talked about. It was as though, so it was as though Trump had brought up toilet splatter. <laughs> was the look on Angela Angela Merkel's face when he brought oh. up? Maybe we've got something together, something, something. Familiar. And all the German reporters, the German reporters are like are like in, in some kind of a Hans Christian Andersen book where they're like, uh, why do you keep saying things that you know aren't true? And America's like, wow, they're, wow, that's really brave. That's Did you see that the the, 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 the uh, reporter who asked that question, she has become like a celebrity in Germany simply because of, <laughs> she's like a modern folk hero right there. because yeah. she just flatly asked him mr president why do you why do you continue and repeatedly say things that you know aren't true <laughs> you think we'll be back here in four months with the same situation if we no god for god god willing if you and i visit again here on your program thank you for having me you think you do i think trump will still be president is this can this can, can this yeah. continue yeah i i think it's i think one of the things that to me is very obvious was that this was going to be a disaster, it, a complete disaster. But I think it was, I, I also thought it's going to be un, impossible to predict how. And I think that's completely come out. I don't think anybody has quite called the way that, that this has gone bad. Uh, I, right, right, I right. think there's a good chance that he doesn't, that he doesn't make it. I think there's a good chance that he gets to a point where he's like, he resigns. But I feel like, Four months from now is probably not soon enough. Will you have me back? I will. I, I would love to have you back. <laughs> what do you think? Do you think? I mean, I, I, it's I saw it's a real irresistible the, uh, force meeting a, a, a irresistible force and immovable object type situation. See, well, the one part of this, one part that's always seemed plausible to me, honestly, uh, is that he, I don't think he really wanted this job. I think he wanted to win, right. but I don't think he wanted the job. I mean, so it's always been plausible to me that knowing that he is a bit of a wild card and likes his life a certain way. I mean, just, you know, first principles, Clarice, like he, he does not like being in Washington. Right. He goes freaking golfing every weekend in a different state. Right. Like that's, there's, this job is not suited to his personality. Why so many executive orders? He likes to autograph things and be photographed. That kind of thing he's good at. Right. Like he likes that. 
And he likes he likes the rallies and the stuff like that. But I don't I think to say he's going to get bored, I think would be a little dismissive, but I don't think he likes this job. Right. I don't think he gets to be the kind of person he wants to be in this job. He wants to be liked by people. And he wants to golf a lot. I mean, he basically wants to be uh, a retiree who does a volunteer job. I th- he doesn't want to do this job. I think if he can get to a point where in in his own worldview and in the worldview of the people who still are 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 crazy for him, uh, yeah. if he can declare that he's made America great again, and it didn't took far less time than anybody ever expected, and then he can just just walk off into the, you know, my job is done. America's great again. Uh, Pensy here can clean up, you know, can, can uh, dot the I's and cross the T's. I, I think that he, but I think he's guy, I think he'd, he'd have to, you know, figure out a way that he, and, he, and at this point he can't say that he hasn't done anything. No, but, but the, the other angle is <clears throat> like, you think about his even more common theme nowadays. It's how undermined he is yes. by, by, by the media and by these uh, perfidious uh, Republicans, and like you know, basically he's he's not he's he's a person who isn't sure what to do in the absence of a clear enemy. So you know, I, the other I, I agree with you. If he can MAGA to his, uh, if he can pound sign MAGA in a way that uh, he can claim victory, sure. And <clears throat> the other thing is, though, he might be able to like. Uh, you know, set his own personal Reichstag fire. He might self-immolate and say like, oh, you know, the dishonest uh, yeah. media and the, you know, failing New York Times, everybody's undermined me. So like I, I could do better work like going and creating my own TV network. Right. And then I, I could affect some real change in this yeah. world. Yeah, he needs a, he needs a, but we'll like see. He, it is curious. He does need an enemy. Like it's very clear. And, and I just saw, yeah. I didn't watch all of that. I can't take him in large doses, but I saw that he had a campaign yeah. rally in, and, and the fact that it, <laughs> Sixty days into office, he's holding campaign rallies for an election that was. Well, my over- daughter, my, my daughter keeps saying he knows he won, right? <laughs> like yeah, I think he knows he won. It's still all about Hillary Clinton. Well, the election was five months ago, almost. Yeah, and yes, and 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 his 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 rally a night or two ago in in Kentucky, I think it was in Louisville, was was about Hillary Clinton, and he said uh, and he said something to the effect of, "We're going to protect the Second Amendment, which is going to be in such good hands." Uh, and it wouldn't be if a certain someone else had uh, won this election. And it, and it, this election is was sort of like in the present tense. It's like, dude, that was five <sighs> months ago. Like that is <sighs> <laughs> Hillary Clinton's out wandering uh. in the woods. <laughs> God bless her, I love her. But this election, like this guy is is crazy. I, I, you know, in terms of his need to have an enemy. So I don't know. I don't see it. Check back in. in uh, check back in in July. Yeah, I think so. I need a holiday party. I need some Brazilian steak. 